Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Did you know that the air inside our homes can be more seriously polluted than the outdoor air? Cleaning products are a huge factor to this air pollution, and daily exposure has been proven to be as harmful as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, increasing your risk of developing COPD by 38%. Thanks to force of nature, there is no reason to use cleaning chemicals that make you or your family sick anymore. Force of nature is a small appliance that uses electricity to convert salt, water, and vinegar into an all-in-one multi-purpose cleaner, deodorizer, and disinfectant. Force of Nature is my go-to cleaner for all things because I'm comfortable using it around my family on counters, doorknobs, toys, and more. I love that it is an EPA-registered disinfectant that is as effective as bleach with zero harmful fumes or residues to rinse. All you have to do is spray. To try Force of Nature, visit forceofnatureclean.com and use code JUSTINGREDIENTS30 for 30% off starter kits and bundles. Once again, that's forceofnatureclean.com with the code JUSTINGREDIENTS30. Dr. Josh Axe, founder of Ancient Nutrition and DrAxe.com, is a certified doctor of natural medicine, doctor of chiropractic, and clinical nutritionist with a passion to help people get healthy by empowering them to use nutrition to fuel their health. He is the best-selling author of Keto Diet, Eat Dirt, and Collagen Diet and author of the new best-selling book, Ancient Remedies. Dr. Axe founded the natural health website, DrAxe.com, one of the top natural health websites in the world today. Its main topics include nutrition, natural remedies, fitness, healthy recipes, home DIY solutions, and trending health news. Dr. Axe is also the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition, which provides protein powders, holistic supplements, vitamins, essential oils, and more to the modern world. Dr. Axe is an expert in functional medicine, digestive health, and herbal remedies, and founded one of the largest functional medicine clinics in the world in Nashville, Tennessee, and served as a physician for many professional athletes. Most recently, he launched his podcast, The Dr. Axe Show, with feature interviews with top health influencers, such as Dr. Oz, The Skinny Confidential, Dr. Pearl Mutter, Dr. Will Cole, and many more. He has an incredible fan base on Facebook and Instagram and shares his many health tips on these platforms with the goal of transforming lives using food as medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Axe. I am so honored to have you here today. I have learned from you for years and years, and I'm really excited for my listeners to hear from you today. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Well, first of all, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you started studying the relationship between food and health. Yeah, so for me, my uh, my health story goes back. And if anybody here has ever heard me speak before on nutrition, they'll know that uh, you know it, it was really a health crisis in my family. So I had a mom growing up, and my entire family growing up, who lived in the conventional medical system. Anytime we were sick, we took medications. We, we just never were never educated. We had no idea there was a natural way to get healthy. And so at 40 years old, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was, it was shocking to us uh, because my mom looked pretty healthy. My mom was actually my gym teacher in elementary school. She was a swim instructor. So she you know moved regularly, but went through these conventional treatments. And I can still remember this day, my mom losing her hair. Uh, I remember how, how sick she got. And just thinking to myself as a, as a child uh, or, a, or a kid in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, 
I never want to see one have to go through this again. And praise God, she was she made it through the chemo treatments and had a cancer-free diagnosis. The crazy thing, though, uh, was really how sick she was afterwards. Like I remember for the next 10 years, my mom got diagnosed with hypothyroidism, chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic constipation and digestive issues. She got put on antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications. And my mom was just overwhelmed and exhausted all of the time. And it just felt lousy for, for years and years and years. And finally, uh, 11, 12 years later, I'm actually studying to become a doctor. And I'm about probably nine months to a year out from opening up my own functional medicine clinic in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live today. And I got a call from my mom in tears right when, at about that time. And she said, Josh, I've got bad news. I've just been diagnosed with cancer again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on my lungs. The oncologist is recommending surgery and radiation treatments. What do I do? And I said, mom, I'll be home. I flew home from, uh, from where I was studying back to Ohio. Uh, where I grew up. We sat down, we prayed together, we talked about it. We felt really led to take care of her all naturally. And her oncologist essentially said, hey, well, I'll give you four months. And then if not, if nothing changes, then we need to go ahead and do these medical treatments. And we said, okay. So we changed everything in my mom's diet. We had her start juicing vegetables. We had her start drinking bone broth and uh, for collagen. We had her start doing you know, berries. We just a very clean diet. It was pretty much berries, vegetables, uh, vegetables juiced, vegetables cooked, vegetables raw, and then things like wild caught salmon. And then we did supplements. We did things like reishi mushroom and turmeric, and we did essential oil. So we did all these things dietarily. We also worked on her mindset. She had a lot of fear and worry. And then we had her, she tape recorded herself doing affirmations and reading Bible verses. So she said, so she imagined herself running down the beach with her grandkids and bringing them to Disney World. She was meditating on the Bible and, and, and we recorded her doing this for 10 minutes. And then she would listen to it every morning when she woke up, every night before bed. And long story, somewhat short, we went back to the oncologist four months later, they redid a CT scan and we got a call the next day and their exact words were, this is highly unusual. We don't typically see this, but your tumors have shrunk by more than half. They wow. said, we want to see you again in nine months. We went back nine months later and today my mom's in plate remission. She's about to turn 68 years old and she says she feels better now in her late 60s than she did in her 30s. And so I really took those things I learned and started applying them with patients and then started writing about them on DrAx.com and then started thinking about what are the biggest nutrients and superfoods people are missing in their diet, the things that my mom didn't know about. And that caused me to found a company, co-found a company with Jordan Rubin and it's called Ancient Nutrition where we uh, really create and formulate the world's greatest superfoods and supplements, everything from collagen to, you know, multivitamins to probiotics and things like that. But that's sort of how I you know, ended up where I am today. And then I started DrAx.com to really put a lot of educational content out there. So people would start to understand the things that we, that I was never taught growing up about how to use food as medicine. I love your story about your mom. That is just so inspiring. And I love that you worked with her physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It wasn't yeah. just one thing. I love that. Um, talking about all your information that you release out there, I have learned a ton from you on the DrX.com. But your book that you just released is amazing, The Ancient Remedies. 
Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that book. Can you share a little bit about why you wanted to write this book and why you called it Ancient Remedies? How are Ancient Remedies important to us today? Yeah. So I have authored, I think, probably seven or eight books. Uh, my favorite books that I've written, number one is Ancient Remedies. Number two is probably Essential Oils, Ancient Medicine. Number three is probably Eat Dirt. But I love these books. But Ancient Remedies in particular, it's the way that I eat the most. Okay. It's exactly what I do. It's what I had my own mom do. It's what my wife Chelsea does. And it's based on a personalized diet. You know, there is a false philosophy out there that there is one diet for everybody. Everybody should be vegan or everybody should be paleo or everybody should be on keto. It's not the case. When you go back and you study science and you also look at Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine and all these different forms of medicine, you'll notice is that no, there, everybody's a unique individual. I'd ask anybody listening to this, have you ever had a friend follow a diet or eating plan or a way of eating and they saw great results and you did the same plan or something similar and it, you didn't see any results, right? right? That's because everybody is so unique. And so like, I think there's probably about 20% of the population that does great on keto, but there's a larger percent that don't. So I think that Again, I think it's so important to realize your unique, the, the way that you're uniquely wired. And so in the book, I have a quiz and in Chinese medicine, there's something called the five elements. It's, it's really, it's like a personality profile. If anybody here has ever taken an Enneagram quiz or Myers-Briggs or DISC or any of those personality profiles, they're pretty amazing, right? You take them and right. you're like, wow, this, this really is what I'm like. Well, Chinese medicine did that over 3000 years ago. Essentially, they were able to feel your pulse, look at your face, look at your tongue, and be able to tell and look at your symptoms and be able to tell, oh, this is your imbalance. So you need to eat this type of diet. Okay. And so, and I'll give you an example of this. If somebody has cancer, oftentimes they will do very well with a lot of raw foods, right? Raw vegetable juices, lots of salads, lots of greens. That's great for somebody with cancer, but somebody with inflammatory bowel disease, Right. <laughs> would not do well no. with raw vegetables and raw vegetable juice. It would cause them to have a lot of problems. So, so we just have to be so conscious. So in the book, I go through, hey, here's your element. You take a quiz. And so you learn, are you an immune type? And this, this is a type of diet that actually is all about your immune system. Are you a hormonal type to where, no, you need to follow a diet that's really going to support your, uh, your reproductive organs and your fertility and your uh, and testosterone, estrogen, and those hormones? Or do you need more of a diet that's for detoxification? you need one for more cardiovascular or do you need one that's more for your digestive system? So I go through those plans on what superfoods and things are best in meal plans and all the things for each of those individuals. Here's something very interesting that people don't talk about. Well, they talked about it thousands of years ago. Physicians did, but it's very little today. All anybody talks about is pharmaceuticals for the most part. And then some people that are more progressive talk about nutrition, but emotions are the biggest reason why you have the specific health condition you have. A lot of times people tend to think it's genetic. Okay. Like, and it's sort of this, it puts you in a state of powerlessness. Like, oh, my mom had diabetes. Now I'm going to have diabetes. And the doctor said, I am going to have to take this drug the rest of my life. You know, I've helped hundreds of people reverse type two diabetes in their A1C levels. So it's not true. Genes are like a light switch. You have to flip them on. And you do that through a lot of lifestyle and diet and emotions and those sort of things. According to Chinese medicine, different emotions weaken different organs. When that organ system gets weak, that allows you to start to develop that medical condition. Let me give you an example. The emotion of fear. 
Okay. Think about it. if a child gets really, if, and we all know this, right? If you're fear, your body goes into a fight or flight response. Or if a child gets really fearful at night, they can wet the bed if they have a nightmare. Why? Because the emotion of fear causes dysfunction and weakness in your bladder and in your adrenal glands. Okay. And so think about this. I used to study with a, uh, with a woman at school. She would always get an upset stomach. Because of worry, right? So you hear right. this worry, or if you get worried, you feel like, oh, my stomach is tight in knots. If you have all this worry building up in your body, right. or if you have the opposite of that, you're like, oh, I feel like I have butterflies, right? So all that being said, like it affects your digestive system worry. Anger affects the liver. Not letting go of things of the past, depression, being in that state where you're not looking, when you're not looking towards the future with a sense of hope, when you're living in the past, like with unforgiveness, that shuts down the immune system. And then anxiety, what, what does that do? Okay, you have nervousness, anxiety, blood pressure raises, okay? Blood pressure starts to go, that affects the heart. So we know as a absolute fact that different types of emotions you experience affect different organ systems. All that being said, in my book, Ancient Remedies, I go through the exact diet, the exact opposite emotions you should cultivate to start to overcome those negative emotions. And all of this is based on thousands of years of individual case studies. And it's really simple and easy to understand. People would check it out, then go to Amazon and search Ancient Remedies, that book. But anyways, I love this book because it's the way that I eat. It's the way that I educate all of my patients in the past and people I work with today. So anyways, I, and, and it's personalized. Well, I love your book because it's in a very simplified format. So all those listening, it's not one of those overwhelming books that you're just like, oh my gosh, I have to be a doctor to understand this. It's laid out very simple. And so I appreciate that. I love that we're talking about things from thousands of years ago and that emotions affect the organs. Why do you think though that that is so separated from Eastern medicine to Western medicine and that in Western medicine, we can't combine some of that? Well, not to get too deep here, which every, everyone can track with me on this, but I think it has to do with the way that society is set up. When you look at Eastern versus Western societies, when we say Western society today, most of that was born out of maybe not the original birth, but one of the births was through ancient Rome. Okay. Roman culture, Greek thought and mindset that's based on a lot of things, even like capitalism, which I, which I love capitalism. I think it's great. But one of the things that happens is where you start to look at things microscopically. So, so it's also very tied to monetary gain. And so when somebody says, and I'll give you an example of this, when somebody uses the word success today, the first thing that pops into 99% of people's heads is who's the richest? Jeff Bezos, you know, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, you know, who, who has a lot of wealth or who drives a Lamborghini, right? So like, that's what people think of in terms of success. Eastern was more about family? Did you have a, you know, it, it wasn't about the individual. We live in a very individualistic society due to Westernism. Easternism was, by the way, this, I'm not going to try and get too deep here, but we have this whole thing going on, but this is the answer. I think is that you have modern identity, which is tied to Greek culture and you have traditional identity, which is tied to more of a, an ancient mindset or an Eastern mindset where it's not about just you. You're not the center of the universe. It was more about, Hey, it's our family. It's not just about me. Like I want to see my community and my tribe all elevated and succeed. And so all that being said, when you have a Greek society, essentially it's success becomes about money. It becomes about wealth as primary. Okay. And then fame number two, how well are you recognized? All that being said, You've got pharmaceutical companies, which is a multi-trillion dollar industry. And so pharmaceutical companies are running 
all of it. Okay. They're running all of it. And so when you have a pharmaceutical industry, they get paid $0 off nutrition, right. medical doctors, they get paid $0. Hey, if, if you have a patient or somebody goes and eats an apple, they're not getting paid on that. They get paid off of a medication. They get paid off of a shot. They get paid off of, that's what they get paid off of. So I really think that's the answer is like, why do we not hear about this more? Why is there such a difference is because our culture today, it's money and then it's fame. And then that finances drive everything in terms of, and then everything, bad things can be covered up. I mean, you've seen it. Like right. there was a Biox that was out 10 years ago that killed according to one case study and some say 50,000, either way, over a hundred thousand people, one drug. Wow. The side effects. And it was passed. Had all these oh, money, you goodness. know. Anyways, not getting into it. I do think that's the reason I think. But here's the thing. I think that because of, I think there's a lot of negative to social media, actually more negative than positive. But one of the positive things born out of it is it's allowed people to have greater access and understanding to nutrition. And so I think people are seeing, you know, people are understanding a medical study doesn't, we understand they're all biased when you look at most medical studies and they make the data say what it wants. And so I think people are starting to realize how important nutrition is. When I started talking about nutrition 15 years ago, when I was first sort of getting into practice, people were like, that's crazy. Nutrition doesn't affect anything. I mean, literally, yep. I'm not kidding. 15 years ago, they thought if a doctor was talking about nutrition, they would say they're a quack or right. nuts. It, yep. 15 years, we've come a long way. We have. And I'm so glad because 15 years ago actually is when I had my health crisis. And when I started on a nutritional journey, people thought I was weird. It was hard to find stuff in the stores too. And now it's so much easier to find better choice products and things like that as well. Okay, we could talk about that for a whole sure. podcast episode, but I want to uh, move on to some topics in your book, like you were talking about. And these topics are also health issues in America today. So let's talk about like hormonal issues. A lot of people are struggling with that. So how do people know if their hormones need some support, some balancing? And what are your suggestions to help them naturally do this? Yeah, I would say, you know, when we talk about hormones, it would be hard not to at least touch on demographics. So male versus female and age. So, and also organ system. Let's start with younger women and then we'll touch on premenopausal and then postmenopausal and then men kind of, we, we, we can head on quite a bit there. So if we're talking about premenopausal women, let's talk about thyroid and let's talk about reproductive organs. So with thyroid health, you really looking at your body temperature is very important. You can actually check your body temperature in the morning. You can actually check on this. You could do a Google search for hypothyroidism, body temperature test, and look it up that way. But really, if you're getting anything like if your extremities are cold all the time, if you're holding on to more body weight than you know you should be, or you think you should be, if you just are tired, fatigued. Those are all warning signs of hypothyroidism. In Chinese medicine, hypothyroidism was actually seen as essentially also being an adrenal issue to where also emotionally, you're just on the go too much. You're overextending yourself. And I see this with a lot of moms, especially if you have a mom who's 30s, 40s, sometimes 50s, they take on so much. You know, yep. sometimes you have a mom who's taking care of kids and working and doing all of the, trying to be super mom. And that's where I start to see a lot of those hormonal issues, especially related to the thyroid and the adrenal. So it's important. I'm going to touch on diet, but it is important to recognize you're not meant to be on all the time. Okay. You need time to unplug time for yourself in order. So you can serve and love and nourish those you're around. And so that's important thing to recognize. And I think about it like this, like if you've got a phone, what is your battery level at, right? If your battery level is low, your body can't do certain things. Actually, that would also tie into fertility. Your body is very smart. And by the way, it's a different hormonal system between 
conceiving and carrying. But when we're talking about conceiving, if your battery is only at 50% in your body, which is essentially kind of your adrenal that supplies energy to the rest of your organs, your body will not allow you to get pregnant because your body is smart. It says, I can hardly deal with the stress right now for this body. If I have a whole nother being, I'm trying to give energy to create a new being. I couldn't do it. That's essentially what happens most of the time with infertility issues there with that. But going back to the thyroid, thyroid is you got to recharge that battery. A similar thing with those adrenals and those reproductive ovaries, the uterus, we have to recharge your battery. And then foods that really nourish those areas are going to be, according to Chinese medicine, wild caught fish are very good. So things like salmon, berries, blueberries, raspberries, goji berries, acai berry, but doing berries are very good. Seaweeds are very good. Green leafy vegetables, but it's a lot of cooked and raw vegetables together. And it's a lot of berries and it's some of those omega-3 fats, avocados and coconuts. So it's healthy fats, it's vegetables, it's berries. And then one other category adaptogens, whether it be mushrooms or herbs. These are key for the adrenals, the thyroid and reproductive organs. I especially like ashwagandha. Ashwagandha actually is probably the most effective herb throughout history for hypothyroidism. It's also good for adrenals. There are others as well. There's romania, there's rhodiola, there's astragalus. And so I think all of these reishi mushroom is very good. These are all going to be very nourishing to the hormonal system. And then if it's more of a in Chinese medicine, they use a term called yin and yang or yin and yang. Mm -hmm. That actually has a lot to do with even things like estrogen and progesterone balance or estrogen and how it correlates with testosterone. But all that being said, if you have more of an issue with painful menstrual cycle and, and just you notice your hormones are just up and down, they're just, you would say they're out of whack. That's where like an herb like Vitex would be very good. If we're talking about postmenopausal, if a woman's having issues with hot flashes and energy and just not feeling herself, black cohosh is very, very good for that. That's probably the best black cohosh, wild yam. But I would say a sim it's going to be a very similar diet. It's healthy fats. It's loads of vegetables, especially green leafies and it's berries. Those are known as the ones that are going to be best for the hormones. For men, the number of men from even 30 years old all the way to 100 low testosterone is a major issue and adrenal fatigue and not turning it off. And so I think that's an important thing. A few things help with that diet wise. It's actually a similar thing that I just shared. It's going to be a similar thing for men and women, loads and loads of healthy fats from coconut, avocado, olive oil, tahini, things like that, like ground sesame. Those are all going to be very good. Brazil nuts are actually pumpkin seeds are very, very good for that. So healthy fats, a lot of good protein, both collagen protein and getting you know, like plant-based protein or grass-fed beef. So things that are going to support your blood and muscle. So it's a lot of meat and a lot of vegetables and a lot of healthy fat, sort of ideal for men and their testosterone. Thank you so much for all of those tips. I love hearing all of that. And when you said the phone battery is at 50%, like our body's battery, I'm like, mm, I bet some of those women's batteries are more like 10, yeah. five. Some uh, days I well, feel well, like 1%. <laughs> well, can I share this? I actually, right now, I'm wearing it as my wedding band right now. This is called an aura ring. I don't know. Have you seen these? Before? I have. Yep. Tell so my I listeners. Actually just, I started using that and I am usually not into tech I like, like a lot. Well, I'm into a little tech. I use Garmin. I used to do triathlons and that sort of thing. But you, I'm just going to show you this here. Like for, for myself, like I'm able to see my readiness score and my sleep score. 
So I can tell how much, and sleep is so key for this. I can tell my REM sleep, my deep sleep, all of it shows up here. I mean, it, it was an investment. It was like $299, but this has been the best. I'm talking about my battery here. This has been the best way for me to say, how am I sleeping? And then your readiness score to a degree tells you where's your internal battery at. So I'm at 82 right now. Oh, I, but- I love that. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting one of those, but I think I will now. That's really interesting. I have a question about hormones for you. One, talking about sleep, does sleep affect our hormones? And how much sleep do you think we should get? Sleep affects hormones. It's in the top three, if not number one. I mean, here's the other thing. Think about this. Even for you to sleep, you have to have a hormone that's balanced, melatonin. Right. So you have these two hormones, cortisol and melatonin in your body. And cortisol should be going up to the day, which gives you more alertness. It's one of those hormones that can go up if you get in a flight, fight or flight state. It's normal for it to be high during the day. And then melatonin should drop. When you go to bed, you should have this inverse. They should flip-flop, right? Teeter-totter. And so you have the melatonin gets real high. If you have other hormones off in your body, it affects your sleep. Or if you're not sleeping and getting that melatonin right, right? Every hormone affects another hormone. So yeah, sleep is critical. It's what we've all heard. It's eight hours of sleep a night. And that's the thing I love about O-ring. It tells you how long, how much sleep you got, the whole thing. So I would say ideally that you are getting, yeah, you try and get eight hours a night. You know, there are multiple medical studies that show if you get less than seven hours of sleep a night, or you're in bed less than seven hours specifically, you are doubling your risk of cancer, tripling your risk of heart disease, tripling your risk of coming down with a cold or, you know, or, or viruses and things like that. So sleep is huge. It might be the most overlooked part of actually being healthy. That's so amazing because I feel like so many people are so busy that they don't prioritize their sleep. And that could be really beneficial, like you said. Another question about hormones, you were talking about wild caught fish for the women, which I totally agree on because it's full of those omega threes, which are so needed for those hormones. But you were saying protein for the men. Do you think women also need the protein besides just the wild caught fish? Yeah, I do. In fact, it's the other thing I would put in there. And categorically, fish is also good for your reproductive organ. But should women get more protein? I I definitely think collagen protein. I would say three things. Like if my wife, Chelsea, were here, I can tell you what she eats. She does a lot of collagen, probably two servings a day. She takes our ancient nutrition, multi-collagen protein. She does that twice a day. She does wild caught fish and she does, she does a good amount of red meat and red meat. I know it's got a bad rap, but if you're doing what we do, which is wild organic grass fed beef, it's important for blood. You asked us about hormones earlier. This might surprise some people. One of the biggest areas I see a deficiency of in women is iron, you know, that Mm -hmm. are premenopausal. And so uh, getting red meat, and then by far is going to help with the most, or even taking liver, you can take liver tablets. Beets and green leafy vegetables are also supportive of blood, but it's really a big deal. It sticks out their tongue and it's pale. Now, not a white coating, that's candida or dampness. But if you're actually tongue, isn't a bright, healthy pink or red, if it's like a little bit of like, almost like a pale pink and has a little bit of whiteness to it, that's a blood deficiency or anemia. And in that case, you really want to do things to build your blood. And so around time of menstruation, I really think that getting red meat can be very, very good uh, for helping build and strengthen the blood back up. So I do think that protein and a combination of wild organic meat products and collagen are very important for almost all women. I like that little tip about the tongue. That's an easy thing people can just look and do. Yeah. But I have a question for you about collagen. Collagen sometimes becomes controversial out in the health 
world. Sure. Tell me why you think collagen is so important and some of its health benefits. Yeah. So with collagen, you know, and I think, you know, controversy, people try and create controversy around anything that can make them more popular uh, to a degree. So, and that's not the only case. I think that you can have a case. If you ask me about anything, any single food, I can have a case against, I can have a case against blueberries. I can have a case against wild caught salmon. I can have a case against broccoli. It's easy, it's actually. It's true. And broccoli. I've heard it. I, yeah, so, I've heard so, all sorts of things. All, I mean, there's a whole case against elderberry last year. Is it actually good for your immune system? Yes, it's fantastic. So all that being said, collagen is the biggest macro source of nutrient that we are deficient in today. Okay. A macronutrient is a, a type of a fat, a type of a carb, a type of a protein. I would say omega-3s are the other. Even more than omega-3s, we have a collagen deficiency. Uh, our ancient ancestors got loads of collagen via bone broth. Bone broth is essentially a collagen supplement. Bone broth for a cup, you're getting you know 10 grams of collagen, which is what you get in a serving of a collagen supplement. If you had a really big old glass of bone broth or a big bowl of chicken bone broth soup. So our ancient ancestors consume loads and loads of collagen. Collagen, here, here's something that's really fascinating. One third, so 33% of all of the protein that makes up your entire body, which by the way, your body's made up a lot of protein, all of your muscles are protein. So one third though, of all of your body's protein is collagen. Wow. Makes up your skin. So your skin is your body's largest organ. So your body's largest organ is made up of 90% collagen. All of your joints, your ligaments, your tendons, your connective tissue, your fascia, it's made up of 90% collagen, your gut lining. So what allows you to absorb nutrients and protects you against invaders and helps you repair things like leaky gut, it's made up of around 70% collagen. So wow. all that being said, collagen is so critical. It's literally the glue that holds your body together. It's what allows you to have healthy, glowing, elastic skin. It's what allows your joints and for you to feel younger and more useful. It's what your body can use to help regenerate those areas. And it makes up other areas too. But all that being said, collagen is crucial. And I think, hey, a great place to get it's by making bone broth at home or buying bone broth or taking a bone broth protein supplement, which is something I do regularly. And getting a collagen supplement, I think is great too. But you know, I've noticed this with a lot of people that collagen is just something we're deficient in. I really think when you're consuming protein, maybe a quarter of it, like 25% of it, of your protein intake should probably be from a collagen type of protein. Wow. Those numbers are amazing. I'm glad you shared all of that. I need to be better at taking my collagen every day. That's for sure. Let's move on to a new topic. We'll move away from hormones and collagen. Let's talk about immune health, just because it's such a big yeah. topic right now due to the pandemic, all those things. What is the best way for people to support their immune system now? So let's talk about number one coming off this topic. The number one superfood throughout history for your immune system chicken bone broth. That's amazing. I, mean, I would ask everybody this, how many of you, and if you're a mom or dad, how many of you, when you were sick as a kid, your oh. parent or parents gave you a chicken soup, chicken noodle okay. soup. Yep. What the main ingredient in chicken soup is chicken bone broth. Chicken bone broth is rich in collagen and it's rich in something called glucosaminoglycans, which are glucosamine and chondroitin and hyaluronic acid. But chicken broth actually helps you strengthen your gut. And we've heard the quote, 70% of your immune system is in your gut. 
So what it does is it both directly and indirectly strengthens your immune system. So I would say number one food by far is absolutely bone broth. And so you can take bone broth as a powder. You can drink it at home. Collagen is going to have almost that good of effect, not quite, but close will also be very supportive. So I would say number one thing, get a lot of bone broth. And in Chinese medicine, it was known foods that are light yellow are the most supportive for immune health. So think about chicken broth. What was the other thing? When my mom was a kid, my mom would always give me ginger ale, or if they were out, she'd give me seven up because I guess that's an exchange. <laughs> but where did that yep. actually come from? Well, ancient Chinese medicine didn't have you drink ginger ale. They had you drink ginger, ginger. tea. Yep. So that, that was the, actually the ancient remedy for a cold in Chinese medicine is you drink chicken broth and you drink ginger tea. Ginger is a natural immune booster. It's great for getting rid of phlegm as antiviral properties. I mean, it is incredible. So ginger, garlic and onions, what color are those? Think about garlic. It's that light yellow color. Miso. Miso is a superfood out of Japan. It's a fermented uh, soybean that has all of the, that has probiotics. Okay. It's a probiotic food that's for your immune system. So those are foods that are great. And then I would say the vitamin C rich foods, the vegetables are going to be a lot of bees here. It's going to be broccoli. It's going to be bok choy. It's going to be Brussels sprouts. And then you're going to have things like cabbage. Okay. Those are going to be very, and bell peppers. Those are going to be very vitamin C rich. And then you've got citrus fruits and strawberries that are also going to be very rich in vitamin C. And then I think zinc and vitamin D are the other things. Taking a zinc supplement, getting vitamin D, just getting sunshine. If it's in the dead of winter, taking 5,000, I use a vitamin D. And herb wise, elderberry, echinacea, and astragalus are probably the three most beneficial herbs that were used for supporting uh, immune health. So question on those three herbs, can you take those daily or should you just take them when you feel like an illness coming on? The two herbals slash mushrooms I like best for preventing are astragalus and reishi mushroom. Okay. Astragalus and reishi. If you feel something coming on, what I personally do is I load up on the elderberry and echinacea. Okay. So you wait so, until so, you so feel... Astragalus reishi more for long-term, taking it regularly, reduce symptoms or prevent, and then elderberry echinacea or for more fighting it if you feel it coming on. So talking about colds or flus coming on, do you take other supplements as well? Or do you just stick to the foods like the garlic and the onions and things like uh, that? If I am not feeling well, what my diet looks like is I drink chicken soup for lunch and dinner. For breakfast, I might have a little congee, which is essentially, it's just like a little bit of rice. I might add in some collagen and maybe some have like a grapefruit or something like that. I just eat light grapefruit. And then supplements I will take will be elderberry, echinacea, vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc. That's what I tend to take. Perfect. I just know people will ask. So I thought I would ask you. Okay. Going on let's move on past immune health. Let's talk about the gut brain connection. That's sort of a trendy word that is out there these days. What is the gut brain connection? So your gut brain connection is, and and here's the thing I want to mention too, your gut is connected to a lot of things, not just your brain. It's connected to your skin. It's connected to your hormones. So it's connected to a lot of things. So and I'll give you an example of this. Like, did you know 95% of your body's serotonin, that's your good mood hormone is produced in your gut. So there's a lot of it. If you've got, this is another Chinese medicine thing. Somebody could go online and just search online. You could search TCM, which stands for traditional Chinese medicine face map. And you can see if you get a breakout or redness anywhere in your skin, which organ it's related to. If you get them on your temples, it's your gallbladder. 
if you get them under your, anything under your eyes, by the way, if you have like dark circles under your eyes or any sort of change there, that's adrenal. Okay. That's completely adrenal. So all that being said, your gut is connected to all of these different areas of your body, but it's also very connected to your brain. You know, when I first moved to Nashville and started my functional medicine practice, I worked with a lot of children who were on the uh, ASD uh, autism spectrum disorders. And what I started doing with them is I started working on helping them heal their gut to support that gut brain connection. And so I would put them on a diet where I, we removed gluten, we removed casein, and we would try and do a lot of cooked vegetables, a lot of rice, cooked meat, things like that. Sometimes it really depended on the child I was working with. They could be very picky eaters, but we did our best, the absolute best we could. And the results were incredible. I mean, I had Ben, he was one of my first patients I took care of. When he came in to see me, he was three years old and he could only say four words total. And after 10 weeks, he was saying 40 words. So it is your gut brain are so interconnected. And we see this, I see this as I've worked with people with mental disorders, uh, mood disorders, issues like Alzheimer's and dementia. I mean, there is this connection there. So what happens, and let me, let me give an example of this with autism. So when you have um, a leaky gut, so, so your gut lining, imagine a fishing net, okay? There's little small holes in this net. What a net is designed to do is let, little things in and keep big things out. Well, leaky gut is where you get a rip in that net in your gut, essentially. Okay. And then all of a sudden, big things that aren't supposed to get in your bloodstream, because your gut lining is the barrier between your digestive system and your bloodstream. When you get a rip in that net, big things start getting in your bloodstream that shouldn't be in there. Undigested food proteins like gluten and casein start getting in your bloodstream. Bad bacteria like candida gets in your bloodstream. Certain heavy metals your body should be keeping out, like lead and mercury, those get in. So all of these things start getting in your bloodstream. And then once they're in your bloodstream, they can circulate anywhere. If you have a weak point in your body, you're thinking about this for a child who is still developing their blood-brain barrier. Their barrier is not fully developed yet. So now you have all of these things circulating through the body, like gluten, which now goes oh, that's not developed yet. You're working with a two-year-old. Gluten now is causing inflammation of the brain because this thing's in your bloodstream. And that's the most susceptible area because it's not developed yet for them. And so that's what I saw with autism is there's this constant. And then what that does is it slows development. Okay. So, so I'm just giving you an example, but that's what happens with that demographic in that specific instance. Now let's talk about something like Hashimoto's thyroiditis with autoimmune disease, autoimmune disease. Somebody has a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety and worry. Those emotions put stress on the thyroid. You couple those emotions with leaky gut, those food proteins go through the body circulate. And then your body is like, Whoa, we've got to get rid of this protein. Also. Wow. This is another protein in the thyroid that's inflamed. Now your body starts attacking your own tissues and your own thyroid. So anyways, all that being said, that there is a very close correlation between your gut and your thyroid, your gut and your skin, your, but also your gut and your brain. And so one of the fastest ways to heal brain issues, memory issues, brain fog, improve focus is to really start to repair that gut lining. You do that. I think the best supplements would be a multi-collagen protein or a bone broth protein. So getting that collagen 
And then probably soil-based probiotics are a unique form of probiotic that I believe are the best at helping heal that leaky gut syndrome. So they're called SBO probiotics, stands for soil-based organism. But I think those two things together, along with reducing stress and eating a diet that's easy on the digestive system, which is a lot of cooked vegetables and meat and things like that, that's going to really help that gut-brain connection. I love this gut-brain connection because years ago, I dealt with depression and I went for two years to doctor after doctor and everybody told me there was no way to heal, that it was just something I had to mask with an antidepressant. Thankfully, I learned otherwise that you can heal from it, but I know there's still doctors out there telling people, yeah, your diet doesn't have anything to do with it. So if someone is dealing with depression or anxiety, those foods that you just suggested are the best for them to try to heal their gut, correct? Yeah, I would say consuming, there's a diet called the GAPS diet. GAPS, which is very good. I think if you got my my book, Ancient Remedies, if you get my book, Ancient Remedies, I have a fantastic diet in there for the gut-brain connection. And you would follow the one that's under gut. Okay, it's that diet. And that's going to help. There are a few herbs, I think, that are beneficial for the brain specifically as well. Lion's mane mushroom, number one. So lion's mane mushroom can help. Ginkgo biloba is very good. Um, CBD oil can be very good. But I would say the biggest thing is bone broth and pro, those SBO probiotics. I think bone broth protein, like a bone broth powder and SBO probiotics are really going to be good for that. And the diet should be, again, what I cover in my book is probably going to be the closest thing, which, which generally speaking is a lot. Of, you don't want to do a lot of raw foods because those are like raw almonds or raw broccoli. It's going to be really hard on the gut. You want a lot of cooked vegetables and even things like pumpkin, steamed or baked carrots, butternut squash. Those are also going to be very good. What about uh, turmeric for depression and anxiety? Fantastic. And so turmeric, what turmeric does is it helps in a lot of areas. One is it helps you create stem cells. Stem cells are what help you repair. So it repairs your gut. It actually repairs your brain as well. It also helps nourish your blood. So it helps nourish and heal your blood. It helps reduce inflammation system-wide. So it's going to reduce inflammation of the brain, which is going to help you think more clearly, overcome anxiety, depression, or at least lower those symptoms in most cases. So I would put turmeric very, very high on that list as well. That's good because I love turmeric. So I was hoping you would agree. Oh yeah. Are there any herbs that you take on a daily basis or you think that people in general should take on a daily basis, or it just depends on their health issue? I mean, turmeric is the one I take the most. And then after that, I think really finding which is best for you. Again, my new book, Ancient Remedies, would tell you, I have a whole thing in the back that tells you the exact herbs for your personal type and for conditions. If somebody has an issue like a Hashimoto's thyroiditis, for instance, the best herbs for them are going to be ashwagandha, followed by probably astragalus, and then probably a collagen powder, then probably probiotics, then probably a B vitamin. Those are probably going to be the best. But if somebody has, let's say you have a male with low testosterone and they're over the age of 50, they should be taking fenugreek, ginseng, probably, probably as well, like a collagen or bone broth powder. Those are probably the most important for them. Let's say somebody has a weakened immune system and they need to strengthen immunity. That's going to be astragalus. That's going to be reishi. So it's always hard for me to answer because I think turmeric, generally speaking, and a lot of those culinary herbs, rosemary is fantastic and others are very good for people. But I think that this is where I think herbs are a form of medicine and they are powerful 
for people, but I think you really want to pinpoint which herbs are best for you. Unless we're talking about culinary herbs, then, hey, if you're making chicken, throw basil and rosemary and sage and oregano on there liberally, you know, in large amounts. But when you're supplementing, I think you want to find out which herb is right for you. And my book goes through exactly which herbs for which conditions. And a lot of people use the book as a reference manual. So even a year from now, you can open it up and find out, hey, I'm coming down with a cold. What do I need to take right now? And, uh, and it'll let you know. That's what I love. You guys, for those listening, if you don't have this book, it's a great reference manual. I'll flip through just for fun. Like, oh, okay, if someone has this illness, what does he recommend? And it will tell the herbs and supplements and has amazing recipes, you guys, as well to use these different foods that he's talking about. So it is a really good book. I honestly, I've read a lot of health books and honestly, it is one of my top, top favorite. Oh, wow. Thanks. Okay. I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they believe is the best ingredient that they have found in life. My best ingredient in life is me doing a spiritual triathlon every morning. So what I do is I spend about 30 minutes. I spend working on just growing myself and connecting with God. And so I spend 10 minutes in gratitude. So just, I typically go on, I call it a gratitude walk, but I, I go out in the morning and I just say, thank you, God, for my incredible wife, my beautiful baby girl, Arwen. Thank you so much that I have a mission in life that I absolutely love. So I just, I go out and I just walk for 10 minutes and just uh, get grateful. And then I go inside and then I tend to read. I'll read either like a personal growth book or a spiritual growth book or my Bible. I'll read that for 10 minutes. And then I'll take the next five minutes or so and I'll meditate or I'll pray. And I'll pray through and ask God to give me wisdom. I'll meditate. Let's say I read 1 Corinthians like, you know, like 13, like love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. And I'll think about kindness. Okay, have I been kind this week? How can I be more kind and display kindness now? So I, I do that every single morning. And for me, it is so, uh, it's like my taking my spiritual vitamins and you know, my spiritual vitamins in the morning. Like I am so ready to go. So for me, my daily habit in the morning, my daily morning looks like this every morning. I do my spiritual triathlon. Uh, by that time, wife Chelsea and Arwen are up and I'll spend, you know, 20 minutes connecting with them, playing with Arwen, watching her, you know, eat and hanging out with them. And then I'll go, uh, I'll have a smoothie while we're all kind of doing breakfast. And then uh, my superfood smoothie is one scoop of collagen, one scoop of bone broth protein. I tend to throw in like spinach and goji berries and green superfood powder and then blueberries, maybe a little coconut milk. So I do that. And then I go and I do a quick workout. And then I typically start working at, uh, working at about 9 a.m. And, and go for the day. But I think those daily habits of spending time with God, spending just even just a little bit of time with the family there, and then working on my health. Like I feel like if I win the morning, I win the day. And so I think that's, uh, you know, that's been a big thing for me. I love that you shared that because I believe that being completely healthy is emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And I have, like I said, I've learned so much from you over the years, but the physical part of it. And so I love hearing the spiritual aspect as well. And you just gave me new ideas and I'm going to call it a spiritual triathlon in the morning. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Just tell my listeners where they can find you and your books. So I have a website, draxe.com. It's D-R-A-X-E.com. And I've written thousands of articles and my team with me on everything you can imagine. So if you want to know how to use turmeric, you could just search online, like even on Google, Dr. Axe turmeric or... If you have a condition, like, again, I mentioned uh, adrenal fatigue earlier, you can look up Dr. Axe adrenal fatigue. And I've written articles on the top foods and supplements, but I also, I cover all in just one area in my book, Ancient Remedies. You can go to Amazon and just search 
Dr. Axe Ancient Remedies and find the book and read the reviews. It already has in a short period of time over a thousand reviews and check it out on there. And of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. You could just search Dr. Axe on any of those social channels. And I'm always posting videos and health tips and that sort of thing. So those are probably the best places. Thank you so much. Yes, if you want to learn so much about your health, go follow him, go check his website out. And thank you again, Dr. X, for being here. It was a true honor having you on my podcast and I really appreciate it. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Caroline. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.